Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. This is the NYK Exchange Podcast presented by NYKinformation.com. I'm your host, Sean Aquino. You can follow me on Twitter at S-A-Q-U-I-N-O-3-4. My co-host, Chris Delgado, you can follow him at Del Blago, D-E-L-B-L-O-G-O. Tonight's the night. We have a we're two nights away, Thursday, 12.01 a.m. Eastern, 9.01 p.m. Pacific time. Free agency summer of 2016 starts off. The Knicks are going to enter the free agency period with $31.6 million of cap space uh, to fill in their roster after the Derrick Rose move. So we have a lot to talk about tonight. Tonight we're doing a special show. We want you to call in 646-668-2349. Again, 646-668-2349. We want to get your take on who the Knicks should be targeting for the rest of the year or for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be really interesting. Um, before we get started, we want to provide you just with some information in the sense of you know what's been going on in Knicks land. Obviously, the Knicks summer league roster practiced for the first time earlier today, and the Knicks D-League coach, Westchester Knicks coach Mike Miller, will be the head coach for the team. But Jeff Hornacek, Bill Jackson, and the rest of Hornacek's staff, along with Colby Carl, an assistant for the D-League team, we're all there at um, Summer League. Summer League came pretty much featuring uh, Clay Anthony early. We'll see how he does as he tries to buy for um, a, guaranteed, a guaranteed contract and a spot in training camp this fall. So we'll see how Clay Anthony does. That's going to be ready to kick off this Saturday, July 2nd, July 2nd, July 3rd, July 5th, July 6th, and July 8th will be the next Summer League action. And uh, that will all be on MSG Network. So that'll be pretty interesting. Of course, the fifth game will be a playoff game. The Knicks actually do well enough moving forward. So uh, that's good. You can go to um, NBA.com, Knicks, take a look at the 12-and-a-half-minute media availability interview that Jeff Warnacek had. He said some interesting things, and and one of the most interesting things he said was that he believes that the Knicks should be prioritizing the center position as opposed to someone in the backcourt. So I found that to be really uh, you know, really, really interesting, and um, we want to know what you think because I have my thoughts. Chris has his thoughts. We shared some of them on the podcast last week, but if you uh, call in 646-668-2349, we'll take your call and see what your thoughts are. So, again, here we are another summer, but this is truly, uh, you know, the Knicks had around $30 million or so last year in cap space. He's eight million on Aaron Follow, four and a half million on Derek Williams. Made a uh, a trade for Kyle Quinn and brought in his three point nine million dollars salary, and of course Robin Lopez's contract, which was right around twelve million dollars last year. So the Knicks were able to solidify, or not solidify, but get two starters at the shooting guard, the center position. So obviously a follow did not work out, and um, now the Knicks are looking at another summer without a starting shooting guard. And so there are those that believe that the Knicks should be focused on a younger option to build with Porzingis. There are those that believe, hey, we're moving forward Derek Rose. The time is right now. We need to get a shooting guard that could um, could play alongside Derek Rose, defend, but a guy who's, you know, closer to 30 years old. So there are a lot of different options the Knicks should be uh, taking with this uh, starting on Thursday night or Friday morning, as you could say. So, um for me personally, I believe that the Knicks should be looking at a guy, uh, a lockdown defender at the two that could hit open shots from downtown. And uh, with if the Knicks take that approach, we should be in good position because um, 
we're going to have a lot of holes and guys that aren't very durable. And that is an essential thing that Phil Jackson needs to look at because you do have injury concerns with Derrick Rose. You have injury concerns with Carmelo Anthony, even though Carmelo did play 71 games last year and Rose played 66. And just two years ago, they were quite injury prone in KP. Um, you know, it's the second year. He's, you know, not very heavy yet, and you always pray for his health. So there are some questionable um, – the Knicks need to really look for someone, I believe, that could be durable moving forward. So without further ado, I'll bring on my co-host, Chris Delgado. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Good, Sean. How are you? Good. Doing great, man. Just setting up the show, uh, telling everyone to call in at 646-668-2349. Uh, before we get started, though, uh, taking phone calls, Chris, go ahead and let me know what your feelings are as you look forward to uh, 12.01 a.m. on July 1st. Oh, man. I've um, I've learned my lesson from 2010. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was running a website at the time, and I probably stayed up to around, I don't know, maybe 5 a.m. <laughs> the night the free agency started, waiting for something to happen, and you know, it's just rumors and speculation and stuff. So if you're expecting news to start breaking on Thursday night, I think it's highly, I think it's highly unlikely. I think we'll start seeing, you know, stuff around, uh, you know, you know, maybe a couple of deals on Friday, but mostly by probably by the end of the weekend. And the big guys probably not so before. Right. So what did you make of Hornacek's comments earlier today that the Knicks should be prioritizing the center, someone in the center market, as opposed to a wing? Um, Was that your takeaway from his comment? And if so, what did you think about that approach? Well, I think the the comment also was that they have enough scorers. So, you Mm -hmm. know, right away it makes you think of, of Kevin Durant. Now, obviously, if Kevin Durant wanted to come here, you make it work. But they told me or gave me the impression that, um, you know, they're not planning. Are you there? Obviously not planning on Kevin. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. okay. Yeah, no, you broke off um, for a they're, second. They're obviously, not planning, on Kevin. they're obviously not planning around uh, Kevin Durant. Now, that, that being said, let's talk about the shopping list, uh, you know, what we do know. The Knicks obviously want a setter, right? They discussed that. They want a starting shooting guard. They need that too. And they also need two backup point guards. It, that's on the shopping list as well. So, um, and you have approximately 31 million with a couple of loopholes, you know, with, with regards to Lance Thomas and, and Langston Galloway to work with, but that's essentially, you have to fit all of that into that cap space. Right. Yeah. That, that's the key there, right? Langston Galloway, Lance Thomas, we'll be able to keep them, um, We'll be able to keep them once we spend our $31.5 million. We might have to dip in a little bit to it, but we need those guys to come back and they have that experience to understand the system. They're defensive players. Um, and let's not forget so, Derek Williams. I fully, I fully expect him to be back as well. Yeah, that's, that's going to be – I wonder what the market's going to be for him. Um, you know, do you think he's going to make as much as $10 million a year? He made what? He's set to make $5 million in his second year of his deal with the Knicks. What do you think his market's going to look like? That's you know that's so unpredictable, man. I could give you a number, and then we'll sit yeah. and watch these numbers come out, and we'll be like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like because that's basically. Right. I mean, the, the, all, all the news today, I mean, or the last couple of hours, you know, Baysmore says he wants sixteen and a half million, and then you know somebody from the vertical came out and said that teams are lining up to give Baysmore somewhere between you know 
15 and 17 million. So yeah. um, we won't know the market until it's, and this is not going to be like any other year of free agency before, just because so many teams are going to have to spend to meet the threshold. Um, right. And, and Sean, do you know what that threshold number is, by the way? Uh, no, I don't know that number yet. Don't know it. I, I want to say it's like 70 million or something, 66 or 70. It used to be 60 before it's somewhere around the there. Cap. Yeah, it may be so, right yeah, around so there. Be, I mean, then you have, you have teams like Philadelphia that are just going have to have to spend money just to, you know, meet that. So, you know, there might be some, there might be some crazy contracts handed out. Um, and then you look at some of the guys that have signed in the past few years and what a deal they are now. You know, somebody that pops out, you know, for instance, is Danny Green. You know, if we're talking about mm-hmm. Danny, if we're talking about Kent Bazemore now getting probably almost double what, what, Danny Green is making in San Antonio. And wow. If you ask me, Danny Green is a, is a better player. So, right. uh, with, with championship experience. And so, um, yeah, I think this market is highly unpredictable. And, you know, why we're on that topic as well, I tweeted this a little while ago because um, Alan Hahn and, and Humpty were talking about today in their show. But how about the Kamala Anthony contract? You know, that was, mm-hmm. that was killed. That was, you know, it was all about the money. It was all about this. He, not only did he take about 4 to $5 million less than he could have, but he could have done down the route that all of his peers have gone and cashed out. He basically walked away from $55 million, left it on the table so that he could ensure that he would remain in New York and not have to go through the industry again. That, right. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, that's mm-hmm. unheard of in professional sports. Uh, other, I mean, $55 million? Uh, I mean, some of us would kill a family member for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Carmelo, I mean, there are a lot of these contracts that are looking a hell of a lot better. Uh, you mentioned the Danny Green deal. That's pretty unbelievable. And that kind of reminded me about the Spurs. I know people have been also tweeting at us uh, in preparation for the show, and one of the things they've been asking about has been about Kevin Durant and the chances of Nick's landing Durant. You know, uh, can you maybe go through, Chris, just how much Golden State or San Antonio or, or the Clippers, because I know the Clippers are over the cap, what do these teams need to do in order to even create the cap space to give Kevin Durant his uh, max salary, which is right around $26.4 million a year? Yeah, um, Bobby Marks from The Vertical had a great um, article basically laying it out. And when you read the teams that, that Durant is meeting with and the moves that they'd have to make in order to put him on the roster, I mean, some of it is just, you have to scratch your head, like, why is there even a meeting? But you, mm-hmm. that being said, you know, agents set the meetings, and you never really know the politics behind it. But let's, but let's go through. You mentioned San Antonio. Well, Tim Duncan just picked up his player option, $6.5 million. They plan, they fully intend on picking up Boris Dio's um, option, even if they plan on trading him later. Um, so in order, in the case of San Antonio, in order to be able to fit KD on the roster, they would have to um, basically get rid of Tim Duncan, Danny Green, and Boris Diaw. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you, look at the, you look at the roster, what's left, you're like, okay, well, you make it work with LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, KD and, and Kawhi play the same position, too. I don't know if that's a, that's a great fit. Um, you know, and you know, we could do this throughout the show, um, but I'll just talk about, like, Miami, for instance, was another person that they had. It was another team that they yeah. had contending on there. 
Well, in order for Miami to sign KD, Dwayne Wade would have to take a one-year, $8 million deal. Now, we all know from the news, and they say that he can recoup it next year, but we all know from the news that that's going around is Dwayne Wade's not taking a one-year, $8 million deal, okay? And on top right. of it, that's not just it. Hassan Whiteside would have to agree to $10 million. And he said he created his business for him. He's getting every penny he can get. So that would be like a $17 million take up there. Oh, no, sorry, $12 million take up for him based off of his, uh, you know, where he stands as a free agent. Yeah, so that's just not realistic and, and it's not happening. So without those two guys yeah. and your KD, are you going to Miami? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that brings, yeah, the, the Clippers and Miami, I don't understand how they're part of the conversation. I understand Miami Clippers can trade away for Dragic. And, and the Clippers would have to trade DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin or Chris Paul to do it. And why would he even be on that? It makes no sense. But uh, let's go to the phone calls. We want to hear from you, everyone. 646-668-2349. This is the NYK Exchange podcast. My area code 718, you are on the line. How you doing? Hello, caller? Hello. Hello. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? What's, going, what's man? your what's name? Where you calling from? This is at Travis Shining. Twitter, your Twitter buddy, man. Brooklyn, New York. Oh, what up, man? How's it going? What's going on? Oh, it's going good. Just anxious, excited about the free agency, about the pickup. Um, just was listening to um, Anita Marks on uh, 98.7 ESPN before I said, oh, man, I got to call you guys. I don't want to hear hear those negative people on the radio right now. So, so let me call them and check, <laughs> check out my positive, hey, you know, Nick hey, family. Hey, so, the fans for the fans. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I just had a couple of questions um, that I wanted to ask you guys in regards to, for one, do we have a mini mid-level exception or is it the mid-level? I defer it's, to uh, all actually, questions to Sean. Okay, well, I'm trying, man. It, it's the cap room. It's it's the room exception. So it's pretty much the same as the mini mid level, but because we're not going into the the, the summer already, kind of over the cap, um, uh-huh. so it's not the mini mid level, but it's about two point nine million. So what I've been thinking is that the Knicks are going to be using this room exception for Hernan Gomez because even though he's a second round pick, the fact that he played overseas doesn't put him in line for one of those, like, second-round pick contracts. You kind of have to negotiate that type of a contract, similar to what, like, Nikola Meritich did in Chicago. So that could be anywhere from about 3 or $4 million. But it could be as low, since he's a second-round pick, as about 25 to $3 million. So the Knicks have about $2.9 million um, in the room exception for a player like Hernan Gomez, or they could elect to use cap space to sign Hernan Gomez out of that $31.5 million they have and uh, use the two point nine for someone else. Okay, because my thinking was, um, I know obviously we all know we need a backup point guard, so I wanted to know if we were to say, because my two picks right now would be uh, Joaquin Noah and Cliff Lee. I think Cliff Lee fits the shooting guard position well, um, two-way player, um, can run the floor, can spot up and shoot that three-pointer that we badly need at that position. And I'm mm-hmm. hearing rumblings about him taking anywhere between 10 and 14 million. And yeah. if we get Joe, yeah, and if we get Joakim Noah, my thinking is at least no less than 18 million. So that's taking up the whole cap right there in itself. So I guess my right. next question to you was the cap holds on Lance Thomas. Like, could we possibly get Joakim Noah, 
uh, Cliff Lee, use the whole space, use our mini exception on on um, uh, the guy you mentioned, the backup center, the yeah, center from Spain, KP's boy, right. Um, and then will we be able to re-sign Galloway and Lance, meaning we can go over the cap to re-sign those two, or no? Yeah, 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 we can, but we can use the entire cap. So if we say we do $31.5 million and we give Lee 14 and say Nola 30, that will leave us with 1.6. And that 1.6 may be valuable because what um, if anyone gives Lance Thomas or Galloway an offer up to the league average, which is $6.3 million, we could cover that without affecting the cap. But say someone comes in and offers Lance Thomas $8 million or $10 million, the difference right. between that 8 or $10 million and the 6.3 needs to come from our cap space. So, so say it's an $8 million offer, in order to keep Lance, we would need to have $1.7 million, the difference between the 6.3 and the 8 from our cap space to retain him. So I have a feeling the Knicks are going to try to keep about 3 to $4 million in flexibility there just in case. The other thing with Galloway, he's slightly different because he's been with us for two years, and um, he, so he's a part, it's called the arenas provision. So literally someone could uh, offer him a Jeremy Lin-type contract where he could be making like $15 million a year in the last two years of a contract. But for uh-huh. us, it'll only, it'll only count for like $3 million this year, $3 million this year, and then 15 in year three and 15 in year four. So they, someone might offer Galloway that. So the good news is it won't affect our cap, and we could match it, but it will affect our cap in three or four years down the line to keep Galloway. Okay, understood. Okay. So I don't want to be greedy yeah. and take up all you guys' time. Um, one last question in regards, in terms of um, backup point guards and uh, potentially um, what do y'all foresee happening more likely, J- Jamal Crawford or Gerald Green? And then as far as backup point guards, um, who did y'all have in mind? I, I know Etwan Morris, very solid, Raymond Sessions, maybe Jack if he gets waived. I don't know what he would command. Um, but who? what do you guys feel about the backup one and then the potential swingman or a guy off the bench? Yeah, I've been, I've been high on Jared Jack for a while, but, you know, just catching up on the latest with him, he's 32, coming off an ACL surgery, um, you know, uh, it might not be able to play until January. Um, the Knicks are probably going to need uh, – the Knicks do need uh, a backup point guard immediately, um, you know, to start the year with. So one guy – I'll tell you one guy that's out on the free agent list I'm curious to see what he attracts has been D.J. Augustine. Um, I think he'd be a, a capable backup spot starter if, um, you know, if, God forbid, something should happen to Rose. And he's had decent sense in Chicago and, and Oklahoma as well. So – um, you know, undersized, so he can struggle on defense sometimes. But, you know, you do certainly do worse. I, I'd be curious to see what his number would be like. But, um, you know, part of the reason we're going to be in this predicament, and, and thank, thanks for the call, man. We'll, we'll speak to you on, uh, on Twitter. Thank you for calling in. Right, is thanks. that the news came out today, the news came out today that Tony Roten was actually weighed for disciplinary reasons, as reported by the New York Daily News. Now, they didn't say what those were. Um, but they just said that was the reason why they make cut bait on him. Yeah, yeah, that that's a concern. But yeah, there are a lot of options that are out there. It just we'll see. You know, I agree. DJ Augustine, another guy, Grevis Vasquez, um, is another guy that might come in the five to six million dollar range. 
Uh, he's a big guy that still likes. And then you have, like, maybe uh, Ian Clark, who's a backup at Golden State, who became an unrestricted free agent. My main guy is Etuan Moore. I don't mind paying $8 million. He's a combo guard, shot over 40% from three, one of the best defensive guards. Could guard the one and the two. I think he and Galloway would be pretty solid um, in the backcourt there. Um, but, again, it all depends on how much everyone else is going to make. We obviously need to find a starting shooting guard, and it looks like a center. So with that, I'll go on to the next phone call. You are on the line, area code 240. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Caller, you're on. Okay. He probably doesn't like <laughs> Hello, Yeah. Well, he'll, let's go to area code 347. You're live with Chris and Sean. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hello, my name is John. What's up, John? John? Thanks for calling on, in. Oh, no problem, guys. I just want to say I don't know what I would do this summer if Billy the Kid was not tweeted. <laughs> Anthony, how are you? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you snuck that one in, man. There's already a void. You see this. We don't have we don't have names of callers. Yeah, I should have seen what his, his asking price was. Do you loan him out? Oh, Billy, <laughs> I, I don't know because, you know, to be honest, hey, guys, how you doing? Good job tonight. I haven't done the solo show in a few months. I've been sticking with SNY and doing my work with ESPN. At some point, I do plan on bringing the solo, so, excuse me, the solo show back. <laughs> it might not be till the fall, to be honest. So, I don't mm-hmm. know if Billy's going to be involved with me. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm really in a big conundrum right now with my relationship with Billy the Kid. I heard that. Um, oh man. Depending on how free agency goes, that. Uh, Billy could be in uh, contract talks with um, ESPN. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> That's why, you know, when the solo show comes back, like I said, probably going to bring the solo show back in the fall. I might need to have, you know, hire a new producer slash intern slash call screener. So, I, you know, I'll have to go back to probably to the high school ranks, maybe someone in, you know, freshman in college. But Billy did a fantastic job, and obviously he is one of the top NBA insiders right now on Twitter. So, you know, he obviously has learned a lot from me. Listen, I'll be honest with you. The last four years of guests I've had on my show, I mean, I only booked like one. I mean, Billy booked them all. And if it wasn't for Billy and his connections and his hustle, I mean, I'm probably not on ESPN. I'm not doing the show with Moke on SNY. I mean, I owe it all to Billy the Kid. For, for everybody who doesn't know, we are talking to Anthony Donahue, um, and we are discussing his former producer, Billy the Kid. Um, how about Anthony calling in to plug his show that's not even on the air? I wasn't plugging it. Well, Billy the Kid was the producer. I wasn't plugging it. That's part of the story. I mean, Bill, there's no, listen, there's no – listen, I'm not, now I'm going to speak a little realness. There's no Billy the Kid without the show. So, but anyway, you enough Billy the Kid talk. I I just I just tuned into you guys about ten minutes ago. I was watching ESPN, so I figured I got I I got enough with this you know free agent boards and all this stuff. So I figured I'd tune into you guys. Not to mention Leon, Leon, the head of the website, reminded me twenty times to listen. So here I am. Leon, he will tweet you directly if you don't answer. (laughs) Yes, I know, I know. Whether it's listening to the show or reading an article. He's like, listen, mate, you better read my article and you better like it. (laughs) (laughs) And you better not be negative, god damn it. 
<laughs> you can't. You, you just can't beat Leon's passion. So, and I know. First of all, let's talk. You've had a um, you've had a little bit of a change of heart recently. Um, you know, coming off last summer, um, where you're not as down on the. I'll let you speak for yourself, but you're just kind of not as down on the direction of the team as you were. Is that because of the Rose trade? Yeah, no, it's definitely the Rose trade has helped a lot. And one thing about me, there's probably only one. I mean, yeah, I've had I've gone nuts about Phil over the last few months, but if you go back over the last, you know, 16, 17 years of the Knicks, and obviously, you know, 15, 14, 15 of those years have been pretty bad. There's no getting around it. There's only one GM I really just couldn't stand, and that was Scott Layden. I mean, even Isaiah, I guess towards the end, we all you know, 2007, 2008, we all knew Isaiah had to go. But, I mean, so I don't hate Phil. I got, I, I, I got pretty worked up last summer. You know, I wanted to do a little bit better than Robin Lopez and Aaron Aflalo. No disrespect to those two guys who, who are now not on the team. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess I suppose maybe Aaron Aflalo, 2% chance he comes back. But, so I got myself worked up. I, I was never mad at Porzingis, just for the record. And for the record, I've only been mad at one draft pick my entire life. I've given every draft pick a chance, whether it's Michael Sweetney or anybody. The only draft pick I was legit mad at was Frederick Weiss back in 1999 at the 15th pick when Ron Artest was available. So, yeah, I, I, feel, look, I always call it like I see it. Am I wrong sometimes? Of course. Who isn't wrong? But I call it like I see it. I like what Phil did with the Derrick Rose trade. You didn't give up much. Robin Lopez is definitely replaceable. Jose Calderon, see you later. Jaron Grant, I don't think he's going to be great, but, I mean, I guess you never know. The only way this trade becomes bad is, is two things. Well, one, kind of one and a half. If Derrick Rose gets hurt and he's out for the year, I mean, that would suck, but he does only have one year left on his deal. Where in past Nick regimes, they would take a guy like Derrick Rose, who still had three to four years left on his deal. But the only way this trade backfires, and I don't think this is going to happen, is if Jaron Grant becomes a combination of, like, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook or something like that. That's the only way this trade really backfires. And if it doesn't work, you cut your bait and you freed up more salary, not just for this summer, next summer, and the summer after by getting rid of Robin Lopez's contract because he signed a four-year deal. So now you rid yourself of that money. And like I said, Robin Lopez is definitely replaceable. So, yes, I do feel different, and I'm very, very excited going into this offseason. I do want to see – what Phil can do with a lot more money now. At the end of the day, he is Phil Jackson. I don't know what tactics he's going to use when he meets with free agents. I don't know if he's going to throw the rings on the table. I don't know if he's going to light up some hookah. I don't know if he's going to spread some incense. I don't know what he's going to do, but well, he, at the end of the day, he is Phil Jackson, and I am excited to see what he's going to do this summer. Actually, Ann, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk to, I want to, talk to you a little bit about the difference between the summer of 2016 for the Knicks free agency and the summer of 2010 free agency. Because a lot of people are down still from 2010. And you, you know, you were, uh, you know, you did your show yet. You were right there in the middle of it. And I think what people don't understand is that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) What people don't understand (laughs) was 2010 is the Knicks walked into, you know, reportedly had a very arrogant approach to um, recruiting LeBron. It was about, marketing and how you could be the biggest global star and it was very much a, yeah from like, what i from what i heard chris and I, I wasn't in the meeting that day maybe billy the kid was you have to ask him but from what i heard <laughs> that day in that meeting with lebron and remember you you saw the knicks with mike d'antoni donnie walsh alan houston james dolan i'm I'm not sure if ratner was there but they had the whole crew scott o'neill was there the former president who steve mills is now in that position now 
Um, no, Steve Mills is the GM. Scott O'Neill is president of the Anyway, they walked in with a TV, and yes, I don't even know if basketball was brought up. I'm sure at some point Mike, Mike D'Antoni brought up basketball. But if you remember, guys, going into the summer of LeBron James, yeah, we talked about Wilson Chandler. Yeah, we talked about Danilo Gallinari. We talked about these guys. We talked about maybe Chris Paul possibly coming down the road. But it wasn't just the Knicks organization. It was a lot of the fans. It was a lot of the media. What was their recruit pitch to LeBron James? Chris, what you just said, you can come to New York. You can become a billionaire. You can hang out with rappers. You can hang out with actors. You can be in lofts in Soho. And there was a point that summer where I said on one of the shows back then, can we talk about basketball? LeBron James can get on his private jet whenever he freaking wants to come to New York, hang out on a rooftop in Soho with Kanye and hang out in Tribeca. Whatever he wants. doesn't need to be here. What, what is it going to be about basketball and so much of that pitch to, to LeBron James, and not just LeBron James, but Dwayne Wade, probably Amari Stoudemire as well, because Amari loved it, was about being a star in New York rather than what you can do and how you can excel on the basketball court. Right. I remember there was the only really thing I remember reading about basketball is they said Mike D'Antoni went through some plays of what he envisioned LeBron as a point forward. Correct. But, you know, now you compared so, but yeah, they didn't realize it was more of that. You know, hey, New York is great. Come be great with us. And it was, you know, they didn't really line up with the plans that LeBron's like, hey, I can be great no matter where I go. Like, I'm going to be a world star no matter where I go. So fast forward to 2016, we now have on the roster. You know, you have Melo here, um, an established star in this league. You have Porzingis, a rising star in this league, and you have Derrick Rose, a I would say popularity-wise, to star, and not the player he was, but still widely respected amongst the players in the league. So you're now walking into, and I'm sure that Phil is not going to sit up there with the marketing team and discuss how free agents can be, you know, uh, capitalized on being. It won't even be brought up. It won't even. Phil won't even bring that up. It'll be a basketball pitch. So when people, you know, want to compare 2010 to 2016, it's completely different brain trust, completely different message, if you will. Sean, would you would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Phil Jackson, obviously, he does have the rings, um, and there's a different philosophy for sure. You know, it's kind of no offense to Donnie Walsh, but it's it's a different look. There's no doubt about it. And Jeff Hornacek's a pretty modern coach with a really smart guy that obviously can impress someone with his knowledge of the game. And a lot of people grew up watching Hornacek play, I'm sure, as they were kids. So I'm sure there's a lot of respect there, there's no doubt. But, uh, you know, oh, the Hamptons are obviously oh, – oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, good. Keep going. Keep going. No, I was going to say, the Hamptons, you know, the, you know, KD's going to meet with the players. He's going to – or he's going to meet with the Warriors on Friday and the Spurs on Saturday, according to Mark Spears. And, and what do you think about that, that Kevin Durant's coming into, you know, our backyard and interviewing, you know, that's teams funny. on yeah, the West yeah, Coast? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's what, funny. What, what you, what's your funny. take on that? Well, I mean, obviously he's got a lot of stuff going on with USA Basketball. They're doing a lot of things in New York. Uh, the first thing I thought was LeBron James going to Greenwich, Connecticut, to uh, you know announce the decision where he actually flew down to Miami like that night after, and then flew and they had the concert in Miami, and then flew back to New York for Melo's wedding. But what a nice yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, but New York is a hotbed. New York, you know, New York is the middle of everywhere, the middle of the world. You know. Times Square, middle of the world, you know. So yeah. does it does it really bother me that 
even if he ends up not meeting with the Knicks and stays at Oklahoma City or goes to whatever team, that it's not the Knicks that he met with them in New York. I don't think anybody's going to remember that. It's a nice little chuckle. It's a nice, like, oh, man, he's doing what LeBron did when LeBron – well, LeBron didn't meet with teams in New York. He met with teams in Cleveland, if you remember. All six teams that met with LeBron James, they met with him at an office building in Cleveland, two teams a day over the course of three days. So Kevin's in New York. He's got a lot of stuff he's doing here with USA Basketball. You know, whatever team he goes to, unless it's the Knicks, I don't think anyone's going to say a few weeks from now, oh, my God, Kevin Durant met with teams in New York. That It's funny, well, I, but I don't think that's not something that really bothers me at all. Well, I think we could all, I mean, I would say there's, I would just say this, this <laughs> already, cause, just because it's already happening, is the, the media will be lining up to basically say that, you know, oh, Kevin Durant had, you know, had his meetings in New York and wouldn't even grant the Knicks, uh, you know, a meeting. Yeah, no, it does create more attention because it's in New York. Like, it's New York. If he had the, he really, now I don't know what Kevin schedules like the next week. I, I don't. I mean, again, that's something more for Billy the Kid. He probably knows. But um, I don't know his schedule. So, yeah, would it make more sense for Kevin to have the meetings in Oklahoma City? Yeah. And you know what's weird about free agency now, guys? And you guys, are, you guys are actually both older than me. So you guys remember this. Back in the day when we were youngsters, when players were free agents, they went from they went to that city. So if you if you wanted to, even if you weren't going to play with you know the Detroit Pistons, you went to Detroit and you met with the Pistons. You toured the arena. You toured the practice facility. Mm-hmm. You know when Allen Houston met with the Knicks in 1996, he came to New York. He toured the arena. He toured the city. He went to a play. He went to the Garden. And now when big big top guys top guys are free agents. Teams are going to them in random spots. So Kevin Durant is not going to get a tour of, say, San Francisco and go to the Warriors' practice facility and see the Warriors' offices. He's going to meet with the Warriors' brass in New York. It's just different. It's just interesting how that's changed over the years. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You guys know why Grant Hill didn't come to New York in the summer of 2000, by the way? No. Well, this isn't why it didn't help. So, Grand Hill comes mm-hmm. to New York for a visit. Now, the Knicks didn't have cap space that summer. Had Grand Hill agreed to come to New York, the Knicks would have done a sign and trade, most likely in, involving Latrell Sprewell, and Grant would Grant Hill would become a Nick the summer of 2000. If Grant Grant became a Nick, mm-hmm. they probably don't trade Patrick. So, they're meeting with Grant Hill. It's Grant and his wife. Who's his, who's Grant Hill's wife? Tamia to, to or somebody? It's a famous yeah, singer, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're in the meeting. It's Grant Hill. It's Jeff Van Gundy. It's Dave Checkett. It's um, I, I guess Layden was there, and they play him a video. They got Tony Soprano. They got whatever st- TV shows are popular in the year 2000. Obviously, the Sopranos run the video, and then who pops up in the video? But a friend of mine, guy, 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 you know, Chris. He came on Spreecast all the time, and that's Leon, star of Cool Running, star of Above the Rim. He gets on the screen. <clears throat> it says Grant. The main reason you want to come to New York, they're the women are the best here. <laughs> <laughs> and Grant's wife looked at him and was like, "We're done." And you We're know that was it. Yeah. Story. Yep. Great story. Yep. <laughs> um, Anthony, I, I think we have a little bit of a surprise for you. Oh boy, I don't know if we can. Yeah. Gonna, it, it, uh, call well, I'm always I down for hear. surprises. Hi guys. I think we're gonna Caller? have a little bit of a reunion on the air. This is Ron from Baltimore. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's up, Ron? <laughs> How you guys doing? Ron, you sound so Good quiet man. right now. 
Yeah, you're calm. Uh, I just wanted to give my thoughts in. I hope all is well, Sean, Ant, everybody that's on the line right now. I just have a few thoughts. Are you naked? Yeah, go for it. No, I'm not. But um, uh, I believe Kevin Durant will re-sign with the Thunder, okay? Yeah, that's a fair thought. Mm -hmm. He can make the most money, and they were close last year. Now, I personally would not want to see him go to Golden State or San Antonio. But from a basketball perspective, would I fault him if he did that? No, because from a basketball perspective, I get that. But, guys, my, my real problem is has been not with Kevin Durant. It's been with the coverage, the media coverage of this situation. And let me explain to you this, okay? I'm not telling Kevin Durant to go to the Knicks, okay? But people in the media – the national media talking about the Knicks roster holes. The people said the same thing about the Heat in 2010, okay? And then they signed everybody. Riley got it done, okay? And the, the media, I mean, they are totally downplaying. I get it. You don't want to play with Melo or Rosa? Okay, fine. You want to take shots at those guys? I have no problem. Go ahead. I still think Melo's a very good player. I still think Derrick Rose could be a good player. But fine. If you want to say that we don't have much, okay. But they're totally overlooking Christoph Porzingis. I would have thought, I mean, and maybe I'm the problem here, guys, but I think Christoph Porzingis is one of the best players in the NBA. I really do. And he's going to be. Yeah, he, he and, probably will be. Yeah, he will. And we'll I, we hope. My, my problem is I, I know it's easy. I know it's fun for a lot of people in the media to take shots at the Knicks, and I know they deserve it, I want to say, maybe 70% of the but time, 60%. Here's the thing, Ron. Don't mean to cut you off. It, yeah. it, yes, you're right about everything you said. A lot of media members love to take shots in the Knicks. Nobody's bringing up Porzingis. But if you're Kevin, let's just say Kevin Durant or whatever free agent is thinking of coming to the Knicks, you know what the Knicks have. You know what Porzingis is and what oh, he could be. Yeah. You know what sure. Melo is. You know what Rose is. So I don't think you're going to base your decision on what a beat writer says. And if you do, oh, sure. no, you're but complete, I, I, if you do, you're a complete I, bozo. <laughs> no, I have no problem with Kevin Durant. And if you saw Kevin Durant's quote, he's like, yeah, they got a good team now. They got poor. I have no problem with Kevin Durant right. did a so, great job with don't, that. So, don't, with that. so I, don't, I wouldn't worry about what the, it's funny. It's fun to talk about. You know, I know sometimes we get, no, but, you, know, you guys I, get a kick out of it, but I wouldn't worry about no, what the but, media No, but, Ant, the, the only thing is I know it's not going to have, like, ultimately it's Kevin Durant's decision, but I'm just saying – you not you, Ant, because you, I mean you're you're special. I love you, but the people you, in the media, you. whether you like it or not, you have you control the narrative. I'm sorry, and like I understand the Knicks have stunk and and they deserve credit, but like the media does control the narrative. Like like if the if the Knicks got more positive press going into this thing, I mean it's always something, and it just it, it gets things off on a, a wrong foot. I, it just frustrates me. Like with these six teams that are meeting with him, and it's. It has, I mean, Tommy D reported that there is a meeting. I don't know. But it's just like – it's just silly stuff like that. I don't need that stress. Wait, none of us the media, the, the media – I'm just saying I, I understand right. we always want to talk about the past and the Knicks have made mistakes. But why can't we ever give the Knicks the benefit of the doubt? Why? I, I just don't understand, and, and I know it's petty of me to bring this up, but I do think it matters. Maybe I think the media plays too much of a bigger role. Maybe I'm imagining it. I don't know. No, Ron, I'm actually I'm with you, and I and I think it's two two different issues. And I just want to get back to what you originally talked about, with specifically around the Kevin Durant analysis coverage, and that's and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Is that a lot of the teams that they consider to be favorites over the Knicks? 
really would have to jump through all types of hoops to even make it possible to put Durant on the roster. Um, exactly. Now, I want to preface this with saying it, it, most, it is very likely that Kevin Durant is not. When you talk about the opportunity to do so, they are one of uh, few, what, what, two teams that have the outright cap space to do it. I think it's them and Boston. Um, they don't have to give up any assets to do it. Um, you know, I think, you know, we talk, he's, he's likely going to stay in Oklahoma City. He's got plenty of reasons to, from, from a financial standpoint. Um, join, if he joins the Warriors, they have to make some financial um, sacrifices as well, but it's going to be more of a situation that you, like you referenced with the 2010 Heat where they'd have to fill out their roster, and who's not going to want to play with, that, with, that, with those four guys? You know, I'm talking about yeah. Curry, Thompson, KD, and, and, and uh, Draymond. So I um, have no, no full confidence they'll be able to fill out their roster. But after that, I mean, the Knicks have to be right there in the conversation when you talk about, you know, where they stand and the, you know, and the, the ability to get better going forward. It's not like you just add Kevin Durant and it's like, oh, hey, we're maxed out. We have to fill out the players. We have to fill out the, uh, the roster with minimum players. Like, no, the Knicks will have the capability to add more elite players next year if that would be the route that they went. So at the end of the day, you know, it is up to Kevin Durant and it's a personal decision. But, you know, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. You just have to be thankful that Phil has gotten them into the conversation in this short yeah. time. Oh, I, I am. I am. I, 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 was just, I know there's a lot of people on hold and want to say stuff, but I just wanted to say one more thing. Look, I, I'm, I'm guilty too. I use the media as well. Why do you think I call in a radio shows? I mean, I, I do like doing that, but like – I, and, uh, during the season, I call Ansh- I mean, I call these ESPN because I try and control the narrative. I try and get us that because because I, if if I left it up to some of these people in the media, I mean, the Knicks are I'm never going to see them win a championship. So, and I get it. Like the media plays a really small, but like they, they there is something about the narrative sense, and I'm trying to get the Knicks out of that because I do think the Porzingis has really just been such a bright spot, and I really do think that. It, um, I, I'm not saying that Durant needs to come here for it to be a successful offseason. I still think they can do a lot of things, but um, I don't know. It's just my frustration with, with with what's going on. But but I I do love the fact that um, that you guys have stuff that shows like this, and I'm still positive. Thank you, Ron. You know we you know we love you and appreciate you calling in. Thanks. And and the work yeah, you're doing, by the way, fight, fighting the good fight. I, I'm with you, man. I. I do more of a Twitter battle, but um, as opposed to calling in. But you know, I don't think there's anybody out there who doesn't know what Lons in Baltimore is. Um, and I want to thank you as well. As much as I'd love to keep you on, some of the future callers might get intimidated by having a famous person on the line. I, um, I don't think they should be intimidated. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have seen people in person at the Garden get a little starstruck when they met me, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but thank you for calling in, man. We appreciate it, and hopefully we hear from you uh, again. Maybe next week, who knows? Maybe we're maybe next week we're talking about who to make time. Yeah, no problem, guys. Keep up the great work. Love listening to you, and uh, thanks so much for having me. Thanks, thanks Anthony. Appreciate it, bro. You got it, guys. All right, everybody. You guys are listening to the NYK Exchange podcast uh, with your hosts Chris Delgado and Sean Aquino. That was Anthony Donahue. That was Ron from Baltimore conversation about the media, the Kevin Durant situation, and how things have changed in the light of the Derrick Rose acquisition and just the way Phil Jackson's been uh, 
you know, working his magic over the last couple of years, getting the Knicks into a place where they have flexibility, they have a future star, 20-year-old KP, they've maintained their all-star in Carmelo Anthony, and they have now, um, you know, they have had $30 million in cap space two consecutive years, and I'm sure they'll be the work to be well positioned to make another move next year. So uh, with that in mind, I want to get back to the phone calls. It's 646-668-2349. And uh, area code 484, you've been very patient. Thank you for waiting on the line with us. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. you hear me? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, uh, my name is Jovan. I'm calling from Pennsylvania, man. Dial hard. Hey, how's, how's, how's it going? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, what I part of Pennsylvania are you from? Reading, Reading, by way of Philadelphia. Right. And, you know, okay. I just I just got a lot on my mind, you, you know, and it's, it's just killing me with this media stuff, man. You know what I mean? I really think that Kevin Durant is really considering to be a Nick because I really think that he wants to play with Carmelo Anthony. I think he'll fit in well. I don't pay attention to the Warriors or the Spurs or this or that or the third, you know what I mean? It's not about marketing and this and that, he, he, he's a, a millionaire. You know, I'm from the slums, the slums. And all, all we do is play ball all day. We work nine to five, pay bills and play ball. We love basketball. You get what I'm saying? But I really think mm-hmm. that he wouldn't mind being a Nick and playing with Carmelo Anthony. And I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron James said, listen, why don't you go play with Carmelo so we could compete in the East? You get what I'm saying? It's just, right. uh, you know, people just think that it's far shot out that a star like KD would come to the Knicks. It's not shot out. It's 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 right. nothing wrong with that. He could come to New York. He could play and, you know, have fun and this and that. Only team I think that has a chance of getting him before us is the Thunder. I don't I don't think he wants to play with Curry after he was up 3-1 in the, in the uh, Western Conference Finals. I don't think he's going to do that. That would be a slap in the face to OKC, for one. I don't think he wants to go to San Antonio and play. I really don't. He's not going to Boston. Trust me. It's either out of OKC and the Knicks, and forget if he's scheduled a meeting. If he's been in New York all week, whatever, the last week or two weeks, I really believe he's been having some type of conversations with people and this and that. And I think we got a good chance of landing him. And I just hate well, when he- people always make fun of the New York Knicks. Like, we're, a la- we're not a laughingstock. Phil is doing a good job. He's paying up a lot of money. He's putting us in position for the future, whether we do big things with him here and now, two, three years from now when he's gone, if we do something big, it's because of him. We, he's, he's doing a good job. He reminds me of Donnie Walsh. Absolutely. Although in retrospect, some of Donnie's moves, looking back on it, but Donnie definitely had, definitely had good intentions. And I, and I hear you. I hear you on the media, man. It is frustrating, you know, and then also when you're fighting the fight against, you know, your your fellow fans on the fan base as well, many of whom have been conditioned not to believe, you know, they're either heartbroken from LeBron or only no losing or, you know, year after year, they, they get their, their heart broken. But like you yeah. said, man, there is, there is no and reason. Uh, there's no basketball reason to think. Yeah. And I don't want to hear about a 32 and 50 record last year, because that doesn't mean squat once November 1st I mean, comes. I listen, I don't know what was going on last year, but I know for the first, what, I'm going to say about 44 games, we was probably a game of 200-500 or a game of Buffalo. We've, I, I, I like what I saw. And, you know, Derek Fisher had that little personal situation, which is his business and whatever other things that was going on. But I was content with that. I seen improvement. And, you know, I know KP 
he can play ball, man. He can really play ball. I've been watching him on his little Twitter with uh, what's this Ian Beckley thing on Twitter? Yeah, Ian has My a little great slimmer. You know what I mean? And Ian has people talk that there. Listen, he played sixty six games last year. He was averaging seventeen and five. How many point guards have better stats than him? With those injuries, he's still a top ten guard in the league. And, 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 and you know, to, your, to your point, the beginning of the year last year, the Knicks were playing decent ball. They were doing all that without a backcourt. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Sasha. You talk about Sasha Vujacic and, and Calderon. So, you know, they were, you know, a flower missed the early part of the year. Um, you, so, you know, they they do have the potential. They do have the potential to be better than they were last year, just with Derrick Rose. And then you add a KD. Like the players are not stupid. They could, they look at the roster and they say, "Hey, these are the guys that you know, and how I fit with them." And they might talk yeah. to other people to get to get their opinion, but they know ball. You think they don't know ball? Of course yeah. they know ball. Like, and hey, then uh, I, you know, there I, was this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And then there was this. Uh, I don't know who it was on Twitter. I, you know, I'm new to the Twitter thing. Uh, I have to put my personal business out there. I did a lot of time in jail. You know what I mean? But I love ball. And um. They said there's not enough balls to go around in New York. And I'm like, well, if he goes to Golden State, how many balls is he going to see? You know, it's like anything they could find to down the Knicks. You know what I mean? It's like they don't never want us to be competitive again. Yeah, you you know, my thought on it is that it sells papers. I mean, to be honest with everybody, I mean, this is a situation where, you know, publications aren't selling quite like they used to, and it's, People are thirsty to to keep on selling papers, and we all know what some of the publications are all about. So I think that it's about selling a story that is going to make people pick it up and, and read it. And sometimes yeah. people read trash, and, and we're we're letting it affect us, and we really shouldn't. We should be looking at the long term approach and 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 yeah. trusting in one of the smartest basketball minds to get us to where we need to go. And and yeah. I think we can't really judge Phil's uh, summer until the summer's over. We don't know what the next two or three yeah. moves are going to be, just I like last year. So. I really think Phil Jackson is taking his job to heart. I think he really loves the Knicks. He always had a place in his heart for us, even when right. he was coaching Mike. That's my personal belief. I don't think he uh, is doing anything mm-hmm. to put us in a bad position or his attempt is to do that. I think that trade was very good. I don't know too much about salary cap and this and that. I just love ball, but from what Twitter says in the media that it's kind of even as far as what they gave up and what they're taking as far as money wise. Um, I don't care. Get more money. I don't don't care if J.R. Smith or Iman Shumper won a championship. That don't mean nothing to me. They had bad. Iman Shumper contract was horrible. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think regardless regardless if we get KD or not, you know, whoever we get, as long as they buy into the system, that's important when you play ball. You got to buy. You see it. On the blacktop out here, kids buying into the system, and they look really good. As long as you buy into the system, everybody's on the same page, from the players to the front office. That's what bring, That's what wins championships, when everybody's on the same page. You get what I'm saying? And, it, and, and too many people are, Yeah, and exactly. And, and too many people are, like, just caught up on the 32-40 and 40 record or the record before that. You know what I mean? I really believe that. You know, even if we get a, 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 a what's his name from Atlanta, Baysmore, Baysmore, whatever his name is, or yeah, uh, Courtney Lee. Yeah, I would like Courtney Lee. I wouldn't mind having him. 
You know what I mean? I don't want a Dwight Howard, though. I just don't like his work mm-hmm. ethic. You know, I don't. No, and, I think and, if he's been out there. I think if he came to New York, Phil could bring the best out of him, though. I think Phil will personally come down and talk to him and bring the best out of him. This is a guy that won championships, a lot of championships, you know, a lot of championships, and he brought the, the best out of players, man. You know what I mean? When Shaq was in Magic, he didn't win a ring. You get what I'm saying? Like, when Scotty left Chicago, he didn't win a ring. You get what I'm saying? So it, he, he has the pedigree. People just got to listen to what he says. Like Kobe said in an interview on ESPN, trust Phil. And I think Melo is starting to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. You know that in the way Melo changed his game last year. But I think that the full Kobe quote was, he knows more basketball than all of New York put together. And he's absolutely exactly. right. <laughs> so, and um, I, I trust you know, him. Oh, yeah. Well, and thanks so much. I mean, how could you not? Right. And I just think well, people need to understand that it's a process. People don't win championships. You know, how long did it take Mike to win his first ring? How long did it take? People just don't win championships like that. You know what I mean? And I think they, everybody just got to relax and let Phil do his job. Just got to let him do his job. He's, he's not going to make a move that puts us in a bad position. I mean, me personally, I think that I don't think that Rose is ball shot. It takes two years to heal from that type of injury. It takes two years. He played 66 games last year, if I'm not mistaken. He averaged about 17-5, 18-5, somewhere around there. Part of the reason why I think his performance slowed down in Chicago is that me personally, he didn't want to be there. I think he felt like he was being pushed away. And I paid attention to his interview, and what he's saying is good. And if he's healthy, it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be a problem. It's very, the Knicks will be a problem in the East. You know, probably not against the Cavs, but every other team, we're going to be a problem. And I'm excited about this year. I think we're going to get some good acquisitions in free agency. Uh, I hope we get KD. If not, as long as people buy into this, I like Jeff Hornacek's system. You know what I mean? And, it's, it's you know, you never know what Phil, because he says one thing, and then he goes out and he gets Jeff Hornacek as a coach, when everybody thought it was Rambus. And then he says, well, I don't think we need an elite point guard. Then he goes out and gets that. You get, you get what I'm saying? So it's, I think I, mean, right, right, I wouldn't right. be surprised if, if KD picks New York. I really wouldn't be surprised if he picks the Knicks, especially the space we're going to have next year and, and, you know, Westbrook. Or he might tell Phil, listen, he might tell Phil, I'll be here next year with Westbrook. You never know. You get what I'm saying? It's like nobody expected the Heat to get LeBron in 2000. Nobody expected that. Nobody You're right. That nobody Nobody you know what I'm saying? So from from, from your house. mouth to God's ears, man. From your mouth to and God's just, ears. Sean took we, the words out of my chance. mouth. I was just about to say that. From your mouth to God's yeah, ears, yeah. we have a chance to Kevin Durant. Well, I appreciate you calling in from Pennsylvania, man. Keep on listening. Keep on following us. We're going to do this uh, next week once we find out who the Knicks picked up. But thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have Thank a you, nice man. night. Yep. You too. All right. Thank you yeah, so much. Again, all right, so we have the next caller on the line, area code 646. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Sounds like he's calling from the car. Hello? Hi. Hey, how you doing? You're on with Sean and Chris. Are you there? No. Hello? Hello? Okay, I'm going to put you on mute, and then if you figure it out, we'll put you back on. All right, Chris. 
Yeah, no, so just, you know, to uh, to, the, to the last caller's point, um, you know, something Phil said in the beginning when he got here, and, and Sean, you might remember this, and I don't remember the words verbatim, but that Phil said he wanted to be in the conversation, the creating conversation, not just one summer or any particular summer, but every summer. And he's the, you know, as you said, Phil had, you had the cap space last year. They might have missed a few targets, but they didn't waste their cap space for this year. They, you know, they signed a couple of uh, safe deals if you were with, with um, Aflalo and Williams. They're going to have cap space again next year. Um, you know, so, like, you, and going forward, the Knicks have their draft picks in, you know, in perpetuity. So you're kind of, right. you're kind of covered on, on both ends. These are how, it's funny when I read that, like, oh, I just wish the Knicks would operate like a normal franchise. They are operating like a normal franchise. <laughs> well, it's top flight talent, and and I guess uh, Phil thought, you know what, I got to go for this, you know, the upside. And if Derrick Rose is not uh, fully healthy, we could start again next year, and KP will only be 21. And uh, we just got to trust um, in this situation right now. And I, I believe that Phil Jackson understands that when you look at our roster, you got guys that are injury prone that have tremendous upside. And we need some more defenders, and I think that hopefully that's what we look for. As we were broadcasting, there was a new report from um, Berman. Mark Berman just reported that not only are the Knicks looking at Noah, as we've been talking about, but that the Knicks are actually considering Bismack Biombo. He's actually on the list as he and Derek Rose share the same agent. And, um, and Rose supposedly has made a recruiting pitch, as we all know, to Noah, but who knows in terms of the agency. So that's a good thing. I like Biombo in the sense that he's young. He's young. Hopefully he's not as expensive. You know, if you can get him for $10 million, that'd be great. But if not, there's that's an option. Yeah. And then Tim, Timothy Mozgov and Ian Mahimi are also other options that that um, that Berman mentioned as well as Courtney Lee and Kent Basemore and Eric Gordon. So that's just a new report. Uh, keep me away from Eric Gordon. Uh, I'm good on that one. Um, me too. Me too. Have the, I know the hospital for special surgery is is sponsoring the next summer league, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. No, there's no doubt about that. Eric Gordon played maybe what 60 games, like 45 the games the year before. The draft, but I'm not. Yeah, I like Biombo coming out of the draft, but it was clear at the time that he had, um, you know, he had work to do, and I'm still not convinced he's a, uh, you know, uh, he had a good series. I don't. I'm not convinced that that's the player he is. For sure. Sorry, not sorry. So, yeah, everyone's listening to the NYK podcast and NYK Exchange podcast presented by nykinformation.com, nykinformation.com. You can check out the website. Uh, Leon keeps it updated. We have a host of writers working around the clock to provide you with the most up-to-date content, videos, um, analysis, uh, fan discussions. It's all there, nykinformation.com. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the caller from 646 is back. I'm going to give them one more try as the last caller of the night as we're heading to 1 o'clock uh, in the, the one-hour mark. Okay, caller, you are on the line with Chris and Sean. Are you there? Yeah, hello. I'm here. I apologize. Hey, hello? Yeah, hey, no hello. problem. We hear you. So yeah, where are you calling from? What's I your name? Uh, my name is Michael. Um actually follow you on Twitter uh, at Bronx Legend on Twitter as one of the writers on NYK Information. Um, cool. Oh, so, I, I, like that. Yeah, so I just, 
Yeah, I just felt like I'd give, give you guys a call. Um, you know what? I, I don't <laughs> – it's funny. I've been a Knicks fan a very long time, and I just think that sometimes um, – I, I don't know how to say this, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I just feel like a lot of Knicks fans are just um, – it just seems like, like we come across some of us as not very knowledgeable. And, and, I, and I say that because, like, I talk to some coworkers and other people and even see the, the things that people put on Twitter. And, like, the report came out yesterday with Dwayne Wade and how, you know, which I don't think is, you know, really means anything, but they're saying how now, you know, he might not re-sign in Miami. And I, and I got friends and people telling me, oh, we should get D. Wade. And, and I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, you you need a three and D guy, a, a shooting guard. That's what you need. You don't need another, another ball handler, another scorer. You got KP, Melo, and, and and Rose, and and people want to build like this like this big super team. That that's not the way it works in basketball. I I just it, it's funny to me. I I I question whether people really watch basketball sometimes. It's just funny like that. But um, like I like I saw this report today. With, yeah. I said, Amen. Uh-huh. Keep keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Amen. Yeah, and then um and then like uh, I saw the report today with Courtney Lee. That's a perfect guy. A Ken Bazemore perfect is another perfect guy. He's a guy that play defense and at the same time they stand they stand in the corner waiting for the ball. If you, you know to give them to, to, so they see if they can get that open three. Um, you know, just, and that's a part of the spacing. I mean, that, that's what you need. Not another guy that's waiting for you to give them the ball in his hands and try to create something. You got that with Rose. You got that. If you potentially get Noah, he's another playmaker. Uh, Carmelo, uh, you know, even KP uh, shows willingness to pass the basketball. And those are the kind of guys you need. Not another guy looking to score. Um, and I, th- I think that's the direction that we got to go in. I think that's the direction that Phil will go in. Um, me personally, I wouldn't get all caught up and crazy with the KD stuff. Maybe it's a part of me where, you know, I, I really was, ho- was hoping that LeBron would come back in 2010. Obviously, he didn't. Um, so I'm not getting caught up with the KP stuff. For me personally, I, I like to see the Knicks go after someone like a, a Noah and a Rose. I, I mean, I'm sorry, a Noah and a Courtney Lee, and, and I'd be fine with that. And then try to bring in like a, a Augustine to play backup point guard. Um, I mean, I guess you could try to bring in Crawford. I mean, he's up there in age at 36, and he's n- never been known. I mean, I love I love Jay Crawford, but he's never been known as a, a defender. Um, but I mean, if you want to bring him off the bench for scoring, that's great. Um, you know, see see what this kid Herman Gomez has when they when they sign him, uh, you know, and things of that nature. But I mean, just the case KD stuff. I'm not I'm not really big on. I mean, if it happens, great. Don't get me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Knicks get him. Great. I mean, I don't. I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see how he fits. I mean, I guess you know I know KP plays center 33 percent of the time. Uh, he was on the floor last year, you know, and he was really skinny at the time. And you got obviously looks like he's putting on a little bit more muscle definition. Uh, so I mean, I guess he's gonna pay, play the the, the five man uh, a little bit more this year, potentially maybe even full time in year three. Um, so I mean, I guess if you put Carmelo at the four, you could put K, KD at the three. I mean, I you know I mean I could see that, but again, I mean I just I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to work myself up. I don't want to think like that and then and then be let down. You know what I mean? No, no, exactly. Yeah, based off of based off of who you said you want. And that is the you know being Noah and maybe the likes of a Lee Bazemore, DJ. That's the most likely scenario. So Mike, I don't think you're going to be too upset in the end. Um, Mike, thanks for calling in. Good to hear from another member of the uh, of the fan forum, if you will, and hope to hear from you again. Let's we'll talk again. Right, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, Take Mike. Care. Great stuff, man. Thanks so much. Take care. Yeah. You too. 
So that was my goal. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I couldn't agree more in terms of, you know, Kent Bazemore and Courtney Lee. I know combined they're probably going to cost $30 million, those two guys. And, uh, but I think that that's really what the Knicks are lacking. I know it's a big question mark. Can Porzingis play the five? Um, I think he could split time at the five, no doubt. But then you're relying on Kyle Quinn and Willie Hernan Gomez. So there definitely is a need for a backup center. But I don't know if the Knicks, if it's smart to spend 15 to $20 million on a joking Noah. When you need a starting shooting guard and you need a backup point guard and you need competent defenders at the wing spot, especially if, say, someone comes in and offers Lance Thomas $12 million a year and you have to dip $5 million into your cap space to retain him. If you lose Lance Thomas and, and, you, and you get Joe King Noah, you have absolutely no wing defenders on your team, and you're relying on Derrick Rose, Langston Galloway, and Justin Holiday. That is just not possible. I mean, you, I mean that's just not a, a team that's going to play well today in, in the modern NBA with the, how fast these guards are. Can't, can't pass judgment yet. There's only six players on the roster, so we don't know how it's going to work out. But, you know, Noah is two years removed from being an MVP candidate of the league, which is practically unheard of, um, considering his, that he wasn't averaging, he wasn't even averaging 20 points. Um, so, you know, I'm, not only that, but I think Noah would be great for the culture, for the locker room. Um, so there, there, I believe there's a value to him. He had a, a separated shoulder last year, which caused him to miss time. Um, but I think Noah's a really good fit. You know, I don't think Phil's going to – I don't know what the concern is where everybody's been so concerned that, that the Knicks are going to hand out a bad contract. They really have not yet. And you can miss me with Melo as a bad contract. You're looking worse and worse by the year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, what we, he hasn't given out a bad contra- contract yet. I mean, I, so I, I'm pretty confident that he's not going to start handing them out this offseason. Right. But who you, okay, so how much would you give Noah of that $31 million? And, you know, how much – what's the max? And 15 for you, it's 18, all, uh, 20? It's, honestly, it's, it's all speculation because you have to see where the market yeah, – I mean, the market's going to get – you have to see where the market gets set to. It's all – you know, this is uncharted territory, if you will, with the cap rising. And keep in mind that we're going to have sticker shots this year, but then the cap's going to go up again next year. And there's already talks of guys like LeBron James and KD signing 200, well, not KD, it's end of years of service, but LeBron James signing a $200 million contract. So, you know, as much as we're going to um, react to the contract and crazy money that's going to be handed out this summer, we might look back at it next summer. We might be next summer looking back at it like, wow, that turned out to be a pretty good deal. So, you know, um, we don't know where the market's going to be set for for these guys this year. And like I said, even if we react, hey, I'll be the first. I last year when I was with Robin Lopez, I was like, that is way too much for Robin Lopez. Turns out, kind of what a uh, starting center is these days. So, um, right. you know, we got, we have to see where where the market takes it. Um, but the the good thing for the Knicks is that Noah has said that money is not a top priority. Uh, first and foremost, he wants to win. He wants to um, be somewhere that can help his his, his charity, Noah's Ark. And, and what better? I mean, who has a better? Who does more stuff for the community than the Knicks? Um, you know, the Garden of Dreams is a fantastic foundation. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think this. And the word is going to get to talk about this earlier. But one of the callers earlier, uh, first caller was mentioning Courtney Lee. 
you know, the report is out there that Noah has been personally, that Courtney has, you know, multiple teams interested in him, but that Noah himself has been recruiting him. So, you know, hopefully it works out. Let's not sweat the numbers until they're out. And, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, Noah is a, Noah is a, is a, is a fine defensive player and he certainly can run the offense. Um, so, and, and he's going to bring the fire and the passion. So, and if it doesn't work out, there's, there's, there's other guys out there. The center market is a lot deeper than the point guard market was. So with, with, who do you think the Knicks are going to meet with come 12-01? I mean, do you think Noah is their top priority? I mean, you haven't really heard. You know, I know last year we met with Greg Monroe. I don't know why, but, but uh, thank God that didn't I happen. Think- and uh but who is that guy? Is it going to be Noah? And, and hopefully they come out of the gate with a deal that allows them to have more flexibility moving forward, right? Well, here's the thing. You don't know because what, what happened? What, uh, do the Knicks wait for KD? If KD says, hey, I want to meet with you guys on Sunday, do you go and spend your capital on Friday night? Well, the, that's the point. I mean, you have to let the teams know if you're going to meet with them or not. I mean, there's th- – if it's true that the Knicks don't have a meeting, the Knicks need to be moving forward like they're not going to get a meeting and that Kevin Durant is not considering them, unless there's something we all don't know, which I'm not saying is out of the realm of a possibility, but I'm just saying that I'm sure Phil Jackson, Steve Mills, they said to themselves, we know which players are interested in us and we know which ones we're interested in. So we know we don't want to be wasting time on certain players. We know who we're going to go for right out of the gate. So, I mean, for me, I, I you know, I hate to be the naysayer. I, I just think, you know, I I'm not saying Kevin – I think the Knicks had the third-best option, honestly, behind OKC and Golden State. I think they have a better option than San Antonio, Miami, Boston, and the Clippers, no doubt about it, and the Lakers, right? And the Wizards, okay? You already but, said um, going to meet the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, the Lakers are like, yeah, 10th on the list. So I'm just saying that I think that, that it's doing a service to the Knicks, you know, to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm good. I'm probably going to do a one, one-on-one next year um, either way, so I'm going to move forward. And – Look, I want to believe that, you know, Kevin Durant's invited to James Dolan's 4th of July party, and that's his final <laughs> meeting, and then he gets swept off of his feet, just like Bill Jackson did at one of, the, you know, Dolan's parties. I want to believe it. I want to, you know, like like we talked about with the other caller, right? We all hope so. But at the end of the day, the Knicks got to do what's, what's right. And I'm sure Phil Jackson is no dummy, and he knows truly worth Kevin Durant's um, what he really feels. And I don't think, I think out of respect around letting the Knicks organization know that they really have a shot at him or not. Yeah. No, and, you know, these guys are all professionals. They, you know, it'll be, it'll be figured out, um, you know, how, right. how the means go. And, you know, let's, and let's just also want to make one point about when you're talking about a free agent, the caliber of a Kevin Durant, you know, the numbers are the same, no matter which team he's talking to. Everybody's giving him a match. So it's all about the pitch. You know, so, right. you know, the meaning is almost, a, the meaning is like almost a formality. And, you know, as we, not a formality meaning that he's going to sign, but just, uh, you know, okay, let me hear what you have to say. And in the case, you know, specific to this, he's been in New York, thanks to Steve Nash and Team USA and, and Nike. Kevin Durant has pretty much had a longer free agent visit in New York City than he's going to have at, at, and anywhere else. So um, during this, during this time, because he plans to make his decision fairly quick you know, according to the reports, because he has to go away July 9th for, for Team USA. So, um, you know, it's, if Melo had been recruiting him all week, it's just a matter of, 
you know, sitting down and hearing the mixed pitch of that's the way he's going to go. Because the, the money's the same. You know, the, everybody's offering him the same, or they're going to say, this is how we can fit you into our cap in the case of the teams that don't have it and what team the moves they're going to make and how they plan to fill out the roster. Um, so, yeah. you know, we'll be, uh, all, I, all I ask for Nick fans is, is it going to happen? Likely not. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't. You're still in a very good position. But, you know, don't, just don't be so, so negative and down on yourselves and, and, and down in the team because you just don't know. You know, as the previous caller said, and I've talked about before, nobody had the heat, you know, the big three coming in Miami before that happened. Well, on that note, Chris, I am going to end the show with my prediction, my wish list, uh, my realistic wish list. Obviously, Kevin Durant's on the wish list, but my realistic uh, wish list would be uh, – ah, it doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. Okay, my uh, – <laughs> Who I think we're going to end up signing, I'm going to say we, we, we signed Noah, we signed Courtney Lee, and we pick up a, a backup point guard while retaining Galloway and Lance Thomas. If we do that, I would be more than happy. I'd be fine. I understand the need of a guy that can split time at the center. And, you know, Noah's 31. He loves New York. His passion, I, I can't wait to see it. And I think that um, I just would hope for his his um, his issues, his health issues to be done with. And uh, and I'll be excited to see him. And I think Courtney Lee's a, a solid starting shooting guard, three and B guy. Um, and then we'll pick up someone to maybe the backup point guard. I would love an Etwan Moore. That's my wish. Um, but I would be happy with that while retaining Lance and Galloway. Do you have any uh, hopeful? Um, uh, you have anyone on your wish list particularly? Um, the, the realistic. I mean, I'm with you with the realistic acquisitions. Because I, I agree. As Noah, um, I'm not as I'm not a Huge fan of Courtney Lee. I liked him that one year at the Nets. But, you know, at the end of the day, he, he is a two-way player. He does shoot around 40% from three and, you know, close to 45% from the field overall. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be – it's not necessarily a bad signing. Not a second signing, but it's not a bad signing. So I think that's the kind of thing. And, you know, I think what you're going to look for oh, – I think, honestly, I think Kevin Martin is the name we've been hearing a lot. I can see him being the back of shooting guard. Another guy, I mean, God, if I have to watch that, that shot every night – but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just brutal to watch. But um, right. But you know, I think that's kind of what we're. You know, I know it's not the names that Knicks fans want to hear, but these are likely yeah. scenarios. But I think what's going to happen more often than I think a little bit a bit changes in the backcourt as far as you know with the acquisition of Rose because you know as before I, you know, I would love to see Lance Stevenson here, but I don't think and you know it's come out in the paper a little bit. Uh, the Knicks want to. The Knicks want to put a shooter next to Rose, and that makes sense. You don't, as you know, as much as I, you know, um, you know, think Evan Turner might have been a good signing. Now I don't know if he's the best fit next to Rose. Same thing with Lance Stevenson. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to money as well. And you know, before and like I said, it's not just about this off season. It's about next off season and going forward. You know, it, I'll I'll finish on this. Phil wants to build a team that is competitive now. And over the course of the next few years, build a team around KP that when KP is ready to assume the mantle, that team can uh, compete. And he flat out said that KP is not ready for that building yet. So that is why you do not build around KP starting today. Well, there you go. Well, we'll end on that note. And I think not building around KP starting today, I mean, solely, I mean, total youth team is what I'm saying. Sure, sure, no, absolutely. Okay. No, definitely, I got you, I got you. Yeah, on that note, I mean, we are literally, what, 26 hours away, right? 
26 hours away from the, the opening of it. So maybe by the 4th of July on Monday, we'll know what's going on and what the Knicks are going to do um, by next Monday. And if so, we will be here, as always, on the NYK Exchange podcast, which you can su- subscribe to on iTunes. Uh, please visit nykinformation.com. It's a website where uh, written by fans. Uh, Leon from Australia manages the site. And um, this podcast is all because of Leon. So you can follow me at S Aquino three four, S Aquino thirty four, Chris at D E L B L O G O. You can follow NYK Information at NYK Information. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, uh, let's pray for the best. Let's go Knicks. Thank you, everybody who called in tonight. Thank you, Anthony Donahue. Thank you, Ron from Baltimore. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Leon. And let's go Knicks. Thank you very much, callers. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Good night.